get a, bit, a little bit lighter now with History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire with this week's round of This Week in History. Good morning. How Good are you? Good morning, Aaron. Well, on a bright, crisp morning like this... Uh, it's good to know that at least people can get around, and uh, except for folks in Durham. So uh, sympathies out uh, to them, whoever, uh, and hope that power gets restored soon. I, I think they can get around, though. I think uh, if, <laughs> yes, I, if I were them, I would have gotten around already. Yes. Like I don't, I, I know I'm going to the Waffle House. I don't care. Six yeah. in the morning and it's twenty degrees, and I don't have heat. I'm going to a place with. Yeah, heat. Well, you know, when you see the map and the weather forecast, it's all purple. It's yeah. like, what is this color? <laughs> Meaning everybody's this is, is cold. This is also true. Like up in up in Michigan, my parents are probably digging out from ten inches of That's snow. Right. So wow, yeah, it's it, they got a they got hit real hard up there. Well, I don't know if we have to keep our shovels handy, but uh, but when it comes to history, there's always things to uncover, isn't that <laughs> nice segue? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, this week uh, we have, of course, uh, Monday was. Martin Luther King uh, holiday, but it was actually uh, the birthday of Martin Luther King, uh, born in 1929 on January 15th. However, and this is not exactly a trivia question, but he was not born as Martin Luther King. He was mm-hmm. Michael King. He was named after his father, Michael King Sr., uh, who was a, a pastor uh, in Montgomery at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, and uh, then the church sent him on a trip uh uh, uh, Mr. King Sr. in 1934 to Germany, and he thought he would go there, and uh, he and he did, uh, and see the place where Martin Luther, the great Reformation leader, was born. But he also saw the rise of Hitler and mm. Nazis, and uh, he he was strongly against it. In fact, the trip affected him so much that when he came home, he changed his name mm. to Martin Luther King and changed his son's name to Martin Luther King as well. So that's one of those little-known facts about uh, how that happened. And then, of course, years later, uh, we have uh, Martin Luther King uh, going to... Uh, uh, to Morehouse College and then uh, Crozier Theological Seminary and eventually Boston University where he gets his doctorate. Mm. And then he returns to Montgomery and Dexter uh, Baptist Church, calls him. But one interesting thing I came across was that uh, he was already interested in social justice. And of course, we know that Montgomery bus boycott, but he made a condition of joining his church. According to one source, uh, that the congregation people would have to be registered to vote and members of the NAACP. Now, this was something I had mm. never heard of before. Uh, but when things happen um, and you have uh, 1954, uh, the Brown versus Board of Education decision, and then, of course, uh, when uh, there is the bus boycott and Martin Luther King's right there in the middle of things, uh, and of course, you know, we might say the rest is history, but it's is, also really interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the uh, the story of Martin Luther King, and and that I didn't know about yeah. wanting people to to be registered to vote to no. to be a member. That's that's interesting. I have to uh, check that out later because yes. that's uh that's I've a, never that's heard a that before. Good like, good reminder, I think of. Uh, a lot of times we will find ourselves uh, opposed to a thing that's happening yeah. or in favor of a thing that's happening, and we will make 
arguments for or against that will will say the arguments because they right. they bolster our position but we don't actually believe the arguments we're making and we need to to think twice about them a lot of times uh, when like well, I can more, differ with you, but oh, without right. <laughs> well, like a lot of times when when more right wing churches will get super involved yes. in politics and right. try to right. lobby and you know impose their power on 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 government, people on the left will react against that and be like, oh, churches shouldn't be getting involved in politics. No, 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 no. You know, the religion is a is a call to action. Churches right. can get involved in politics. You're not opposed to that church because they're getting involved in politics. You're opposed to that church because their politics are wrong. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> clear on what argument we should be making. That's right. Yeah. Nobody says that just because you're registered to vote uh, that you're going to be one way or the other. You know, the privacy of the voting booth, you can vote however you want. Yeah. And that's true here. Um, one interesting kind of thing that happens this week as well is on uh, that's a book into all this is uh, January 20th uh, 1914 a gentleman is born Gerald Holtam mm-hmm. and he's a British artist uh, he's the one in 1958 who develops the peace symbol uh, and it was based on it was about nuclear disarmament and so semaphores with flags and in and a D had those uh, uh, relates to being up and down. If you look at the peace symbol, that's where it comes from. Uh, Bayard Rustin attends a march where this is first used. He sees the power of this march and this movement. He brings that both that symbol back, but he's also involved in the March on Washington, where, of course, Dr. King in 1963 delivers that speech we all know so well. So it's an interesting week that, that we have those kind of uh, uh, bookends. It There's also a couple of other ones, if we have time. And yeah. one is um, uh, on the 16th, a couple of birthdays. Uh, one is uh, a woman named Ruth Ross. And uh, she is uh, a woman who goes on a trip to the Galapagos Islands in uh, uh, very early. And now she's born in 1896. So this is very early in the 20th century. She meets her future husband there. They come back. They're involved in Hollywood. And a script comes to the attention of a director, and it's got too much language. So Ruth Ross is is actually slated to, can you trim this up? And she does. That script becomes, of course, King Kong, mm. <laughs> which is really interesting to think. This is, And she's the person responsible for that. Uh, later on, she'll write another one. Uh, uh, called, uh, well, several other ones, The Mighty Joe Young, the early one, 1949. Mm. Both of these have been remade. She's uh, really... <laughs> she really liked... She yes. had a niche, didn't she? <laughs> she like, did. <laughs> my name is Ruth. I specialize no in writing movies around. about right. giant apes <laughs> yes. well, in it's, places they shouldn't be. Now, this is just strictly coincidence, but it's also that day, January 16th, but in 1932, uh, that a woman is born who uh, we know as Diane Fossey, who also has an incredible interest in big apes, but not about Hollywood. Right. And uh, she actually uh, goes to Africa and, and Rwanda and uh, is well known for, uh, but her, her interests early on were not necessarily that. They might have been business college, but she takes a trip. Uh, she meets Louis Leakey. Um, uh, he ranges funding. She goes. She falls in love and she never leaves, and she dies there too. But, uh, you know, those are two different kind of uh, great ape stories yeah. of this week. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, i got time for one more. Excellent. Okay. This one is 
so interesting. It's World War II, uh, 1943. The price of wheat is going up 10 mm. cents. And so a decision is made at the government level. Well, then one way we can cut costs to try to help uh, the consumers uh, at home during the war years is to actually stop slicing bread. And there is an immediate outcry. Within two months, uh, that decision is reversed. But here is the interesting thing. In researching this, I came across this fascinating story uh, of uh, how this, and you've always heard, oh, the best things since sliced bread. This goes back uh, to the early part of the 20th century, and a fellow named Frederick Rowider, who was born in 1880, um, and uh, he lives to 1960, but thing is, in the early part of the 20th century, he is a jeweler, but he loves tinkering with things, and finally comes up, and there's no sliced bread, and he develops a machine, and uh, and then his... Uh, People just gnawing hunks <laughs> off of loaves. <laughs> well, it's uneven. It takes yeah. a lot of time. Well, this is the thing that happens, is that um, he, he can't get anybody to actually invest. No bread companies. Oh, that's ridiculous. People love our just loaves. That we, we don't have time for this. Yeah. Uh, he has a friend we're talking and, about like an automated slicer. Yes, an automated yeah. slicer, just like commercial bread. Yep, you know, yep. we think, how did this happen? Well, it wasn't until 1928 um, that actually he had a friend um, in, and, uh, in Iowa, and this first machine, the first sliced bread, was made uh, in Chillicothe, uh, Missouri, July 7th, uh, 1928. Um, and the uh, there is a, a commercial baking company that becomes the ones who develop Wonder Bread. They develop, and suddenly it takes off. Suddenly people said, wow, this is fantastic. Wait, is the wonder that it was sliced? Was that yes. the reason it was the wonder? Oh, oh interesting. Yes. And, okay. one, and people, when this thing of like no more sliced bread, right. the, the uproar came a lot from women who said, the time savings, the, time the saver, amount of yeah, time no. to cut bread, one woman said, I had to cut like 30 slices. This is ridiculous. And so the government reversed its course, all thanks to a fellow who developed this ingenious machine to slice bread. Before 1928, we did not have that a commercial uh, application. So just to show you, we have a whole range of interesting people this week, and that's why. History matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. 